Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on A Course in Miracles, Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles, Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net where if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you will see the link to read A-C-I-M-O-E. On that same top of page menu, there is also a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.15 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 30, The New Beginning, with Section 8, The New Interpretation. And at the top of the hour, we'll start with the new... um, section in the part two of the workbook, section 11, What is Creation? With lesson 321, Father, my freedom is in you alone. And, uh, yeah, let me do one of my favorite things. Let me ask you, Lori, do you have One of your wonderful noetic openings for the call this morning. I'm just about jumping for joy, Lemoyne. This is such a happy accident and such a perfect find Um, from the poet David White. Um, He writes some beautiful stuff in his last name. If you ever want to look, it's W-H-Y-T-E. This poem today is called What to Remember When Waking. What to remember when waking? In that first hardly noticed moment in which you wake, coming back to this life from the other more secret, movable, and frighteningly honest world where everything began, there is a small opening into the new day which closes the moment you begin your plans. What you can plan is too small for you to live. What you can live wholeheartedly will make plans enough for the vitality hidden in your sleep. To be human is to become visible while carrying what is hidden as a gift to others. To remember the other world in this world is to live in your true inheritance. You are not a troubled guest on this earth. You are not an accident amidst other accidents. You are invited from another greater than the one from which you just have emerged. Now, looking through the slanting light of the morning window toward the mountain presence of everything that can be, what urgency calls you to your one love? What shape waits in the seed of you to grow and spread its branches against a future sky? Father, my freedom is in you. 
Amen. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Don't you just love it when you find a true expression? Anyway, thanks, you guys. Yes, I do love it. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Well, and let me see. This morning, I have with us in reading, I have <clears throat> Lori, Fran, Harrison, Karen, Jessica, and Robin Marie. With us in listening, I have Jennifer. And uh, is there anyone else who's joined the call who would like to either just say good morning or join the reading list? Good morning, guys. I'll be listening. Thank you very much. All right. Welcome, Judy. So let me ask again, is there anyone else who's joined us this morning who would like to just say good morning or join the reading list? Good morning. Patricia here, listening. Thank you. Welcome, Patricia. Okay. I'll go ahead and get us started then with... uh, Section 8 and chapter, chapter 30, The New Beginning, today's section, The New Interpretation. Would God have the meaning of the world to your interpretation? If he had, it has no meaning, for it cannot be that meaning changes constantly and yet is true. The Holy Spirit looks upon the world as with one purpose, changelessly established, and no situation can affect its aim but must be in accord with it. For only if its aim could change with every situation could each one be open to interpretation which is different every time you think of it. You add an element into the script you write for every minute in the day, and all that happens now means something else. You take away another element, and every meaning shifts accordingly. Lori. Um, We're in Chapter 30, The New Beginning, Section 8, The New Interpretation. Would God have left the meaning of the world to your interpretation? If he had, it has no meaning. For it cannot be that meaning changes constantly and yet is true. The Holy Spirit looks upon the world as with one purpose, changelessly established. And no situation can affect its aim but must be in accord with it. For only if its aim could change with every situation could each one be open to interpretation, which is different every time you think of it. 
you add an element into the script you write for every minute in the day. And all that happens now makes something else. You take away another element, and every meaning shifts accordingly. What do your scripts reflect except your plans for what the day should be? And thus you judge disaster and success, advance retreat, and gain and loss. These judgments all are made according to the roles the script assigns. The fact they have no meaning in themselves is demonstrated by the ease with which these labels change without the judgments made on different aspects of experience. And then in looking back, you think you see another meaning in what went before. What have you really done except to show there was no meaning there? But you assigned a meaning in light of goals that change with every meaning shifting as they change. Thank you, Lori. And Fran. 83. What do your scripts reflect except your plans for what the day should be? Unless you judge disaster and success, advance, retreat, and gain, and loss. These judgments all are made according to the roles the script assigns. The fact they have no meaning in themselves is demonstrated by the ease with which these labels change with other judgments made on different aspects of experience. And then in looking back, you think you see another meaning in what went before. What have you really done except to show there was no meaning there? But you assigned a meaning in the light of goals that change with every meaning shifting as they change. 84. Only a constant purpose can endow events with stable meaning, but it must accord one meaning to them all. If they are given different meanings, it must be that they reflect but different purposes, and this is all the meaning that they have. Can this be meaning? Can confusion be what meaning means? Perception cannot be in constant flux and make allowance for stability of meaning anywhere. Fear is a judgment never justified. Its presence has no meaning but to show you wrote a fearful script and are afraid accordingly, but not because the thing you fear has fearful meaning in itself. Thank you, Fran. And Harrison. Only a constant purpose can endow events with stable meaning. But it must accord one meaning to them all. If they are given different meanings, it must be that they reflect but different purposes. And this is all the meaning that they have. Can this be meaning? Can confusion be what meaning means? Perception cannot be in constant flux and make allowance for stability of meaning anywhere. Fear is a judgment never justified. Presence has no meaning, but to show you wrote 
of fearful sweat and are afraid accordingly. But not because the thing you fear has fearful meaning in itself. 85. A common purpose is the only whereby perception can be stabilized and one interpretation given to the world and all experiences here. In this shared purpose is one meaning shared by everyone and everything you see. You do not have to judge, but you have learned one meaning has been given everything, and you're glad to see it everywhere. It cannot change because you would perceive it everywhere, unchanged by circumstance, and so you offer it to all events and let them offer you stability. Thank you, Harrison. And Karen? 85. A common purpose is the only means whereby perception can be stabilized, and one interpretation given to the world and all experiences here. In this shared purpose is one meaning shared by everyone and everything you see. You do not have to judge, for you have learned one meaning. One meaning has been given everything, and you are glad to see it everywhere. It cannot change because you would perceive it everywhere unchanged by circumstance. And so you offer it to all events and let them offer you stability. 86. Escape from judgment simply lies in this. All things have but one purpose, which you share with all the world. And nothing in the world can be opposed to it for it belongs to everything as it belongs to you. In single purpose is the end of all ideas of sacrifice, which must assume a different purpose for the one who gains and him who loses. There could be no thought of of sacrifice apart from this idea, and it is this idea of different goals which makes perception shift and meanings change. In one united goal, does this become impossible? For your agreement makes interpretation stabilize and last. Thank you, Karen. And Jessica. 86. Escape from judgment simply lies in this. All things have but one purpose, which you share with all the world. And nothing in the world can be opposed to it, for it belongs to everything 
as it belongs to you. In simple purpose is the end of all ideas of sacrifice, which must assume a different purpose for the one who gains and him who loses. There could be no thought of sacrifice apart from this idea. And it is this idea of different goals which makes perception shift and meaning change. In one united goal does this become impossible, for your agreement makes interpretation stabilize and last. How can communication really be established while the symbols which are used mean different things? The Holy Spirit's goal gives one interpretation, meaningful to you and to your brother. Thus can you communicate with him and he with you. In symbols which you both can understand, the sacrifice of meaning is undone. All sacrifice entails the loss of your ability to see relationships among events. And looked at separately, they have no meaning for there is no light by which they can be seen and understood. They have no purpose, and what they are for cannot be seen. In any thought of loss, there is no meaning. No one has agreed with you on what it means. It is a part of a distorted script which cannot be interpreted with meaning. It must forever be unintelligible. This is not communication. Your dark dreams are but the senseless, isolated scripts you write in sleep. Look not to separate dreams for meaning. Only dreams of pardon can be shared. They mean the same to both of you. Thank you, Jessica and Robin Marie. Eighty-seven. How can communication really be established while the symbols which are used mean different things? The Holy Spirit's goal gives one interpretation meaningful to you and to your brother. Thus can you communicate with him and he with you. In symbols which you both can understand, the sacrifice of meaning is undone. All sacrifice entails the loss of your ability to see relationships among events. And looked at separately, they have no meaning, for there is no light by which they can be seen and understood. They have no purpose, and what they are for cannot be seen. In any thought of loss, there is no meaning. No one has agreed with you on what it means. It is a part of a distorted script, which cannot be interpreted with meaning. It must be forever unintelligible. This is not communication. Your dark dreams are but senseless, isolated scripts you write in sleep. Look not to separate dreams for meaning. Only dreams of pardon 
can be shared. They mean the same to both of you. 88. Do not interpret out of solitude, for what you see means nothing. It will shift in what it stands for, and you will believe the world is an uncertain place in which you walk in danger and uncertainty. It is but your interpretations which are lacking in stability, for they are not in line with what you really are. This is a state so seemingly unsafe that fear must rise. Do not continue thus, my brothers. We have one interpreter, and through his use of symbols are we joined, so that they mean the same to all of us. Our common language lets us speak to all our brothers and to understand with them forgiveness has been given to us all, and thus we can communicate again. Thank you, Robin Murray. And is there a new reader to conclude with 88? I'd love to do it. Thank you, Lemoyne. Okay, do you. not interpret. Yes, thank you. Do not interpret out of solitude. For what you see means nothing. It will shift in what it stands for, and you will believe the world is an uncertain place in which you walk in danger and uncertainty. It is but your interpretations which are lacking in stability, for they are not in line with what you really are. This is a state so seemingly unsafe that fear must arise. Do not continue thus, my brothers and sisters. We have one capital interpreter, and through his use of symbols, are we joined so that they mean the same to all of us. Our common language lets us speak to all our brothers and sisters and to understand with them forgiveness has been given to all of us, and thus we can commune again. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. And uh, I think uh, I think just the I just want to pull out a few lines by way of summary here. <clears throat> Only a constant purpose. Excuse me. <clears throat> Only a constant purpose can endow events with stable meaning. Can confusion be what meaning means? Perception cannot be in constant flux and make allowance for stability of meaning anywhere. Fear is a judgment never justified. A 
common purpose is the only means by which perception can be stabilized, and one interpretation given to the world and all experiences here. In this shared purpose is one meaning shared by everyone and everything you see. And, uh, yeah, I think I'll uh, stop there except for one more line. Escape from judgment simply lies in this. All things have but one purpose, which you share with all the world. And there I'll stop. And uh, I note that... uh, we have enough readers to read this again, if you would, if you folks would like, uh, one paragraph at a time, going through. Yes. 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 Oh yeah. Okay. Don't hear any no's from the readers, so I'll just reverse the order and uh, <laughs> and have it sit. Say off we go here. Um, so Judy, would you read the uh, title? And, Lemoyne, uh, this is Sandra, and I can read too. If you need another like reader, to... I can read. Yeah. Okay, Sandra. Um, yeah. Well, would you go ahead and read the title and uh, and the first paragraph then? Okay. Chapter thirty, new beginning, part eight. The New Interpretation 82 Would God have left the meaning of the world to your interpretation? If he had, it has no meaning. For it cannot be that meaning changes constantly and yet is true. The Holy Spirit looks upon the world as with one purpose, changelessly established. And no situation can affect its aim, but must be in accord with it. For only if its aim could change with every situation could each one be open to interpretation, which is different every time you think of it. You add an element into the script you write for every minute in the day, and all that happens now means something else. Yet take away another element and every meaning shifts accordingly. Thank you, Sandra. Judy? Judy, would you read 83? Okay, well, let's skip to Robin Marie. Would you read 83? Oh, I'm sorry, I was on mute. I'm here. Okay. Can you you hear me now? Yeah, I'm sorry about that. What do your scripts reflect except your plans for what the day should be? And thus, you judge disaster and success, advance, retreat, gain, and loss. These judgments are all made according to the rules, the script 
assigns. The fact that they have no meaning in themselves is demonstrated by the ease with which these labels change, with other judgments made on different aspects of experience. And then, in looking back, you think you see another meaning in what went before. What have you done, or what have you really done, except to show there was no meaning there. But you assigned a meaning in the light of goals, in the light of goals that change, with every meaning shifting as they change. Thank you, Judy. Robin Marie. 84. Only a constant purpose can endow events with stable meaning but it must accord one meaning to them all. If they are given different meanings, it must be that they reflect but different purposes. And this is all the meaning that they have. Can this be meaning? Can confusion be what meaning means? Perception cannot be in constant flux and make allowance for stability of meaning anywhere. Fear is a judgment never justified. Its presence has no meaning but to show you wrote a fearful script and are afraid accordingly. But not because the thing you fear has fearful meaning in itself. Thank you, Robin Murray. And Jessica? Um, 85, a common purpose is the only means whereby perception can be stabilized and one interpretation given to the world and all experiences here. In this shared purpose is one meaning shared by everyone and everything you see. You do not have to judge for you have learned one meaning has been given everything and you are glad to see it everywhere. It cannot change because you would perceive it everywhere, unchanged by circumstance. And so you offer it to all events and let them offer you stability. Thank you, Jessica. And Karen? 86. Escape from judgment simply lies in death. All things have but one purpose, which you share with all the world, and nothing in the world can be opposed to it, for it belongs to everything as it belongs to you. In single purpose is the end of all ideas of sacrifice, which must assume a different purpose for the one who gains and him who loses. There could be no thought of sacrifice apart from this idea. And it is this idea of different goals which makes perception shift and meaning change. In one united goal does this become impossible, for your agreement makes interpretation stabilize and last. 
Thank you, Karen. Excuse me. Thank you, Karen and Harrison. How can communication really be established while the symbols which are used mean different things? The Holy Spirit's goal is one interpretation meaningful to you and to your brother. Thus, can you communicate with him and he with you? In symbols which you both can understand, the sacrifice of meaning is undone. All sacrifice entails the loss of your ability to see relationships among events and look at separately, they have no meaning. For there is no light by which they can be seen and understood. They have no purpose. And what they are and what they are for cannot be seen. In any thought of loss, there is no meaning. No one has agreed with you on what it means. It is a part of a distorted script which cannot be interpreted with meaning. It must be forever unintelligible. This is not communication. Your dark dreams are but the senseless, isolated scripts you write in sleep. Look not to separate dreams for meaning. Only dreams of pardon can be shared. They mean the same to both of you. Thank you, Harrison. And Fran. 88. Do not interpret out of solitude, for what you see means nothing. It will shift in what it stands for, and you will believe the world is an uncertain place in which you walk in danger and uncertainty. It is but your interpretations which are lacking in stability, for they are not in line with what you really are. This is a state so seemingly unsafe that fear must rise. Do not continue thus, my brothers. We have one interpreter, and through his use of symbols, are we joined so that they mean the same to all of us. Our common language lets us speak to all our brothers and to understand with them forgiveness has been given to us all, and thus we can communicate again. Thank you, friend. And we still have a little time before the top of the hour. There was a request to read the whole section of what is creation. 
And Laura, you got closed out of the reading list there. So I think to ask a boon, could you read us what is creation? That was to me? That was to you. <laughs> oh, look at me. Alrighty, what is creation? Creation is the sum of all God's thoughts in number infinite and everywhere without limit. Only love creates and only like itself. There was no time when all that it created was not there, nor will there be a time when anything that it created suffers any change. Forever and forever are God's thoughts exactly as they were and as they are unchanged through time and after time is done. Yeah, I had thought you could read the whole thing, but uh, here, I'll go ahead and Oh, wow. <laughs> we'll alternate. <laughs> Let's do that. Okay. <clears throat> God's thoughts are given all the power that their own creator has, for he would add to love by its extension. Thus, his son shares in creation and must therefore share in power to create. What God has willed to be forever one will still be one when time is over and will not be changed throughout the course of time remaining as it was before the thought of time began. Um, creation is the opposite of all illusions, for creation is the truth. Creation is the Holy Son of God, for in creation is His will complete in every aspect, making every part container of the whole. Its oneness is for Ever guaranteed inviolate, forever held within his holy will beyond all possibility of harm, of separation, imperfection, and of any spot upon its sinlessness. We are creation. We, the sons of God. We seem to be discreet and unaware of our eternal unity with him. Yet back of all our doubts, past all our fears, there still is certainty. For love remains with all its thoughts, its sureness being theirs. God's memory is in our holy minds, which know their oneness and their unity with their Creator. Let our function be only to let this memory return only to let God's will be done on earth, only to be restored to sanity, and to be but as God created us. Our Father calls to us. We hear his voice, and we forgive creation in the name of its creator, holiness itself, whose holiness his own creation shares, and whose holiness is still a part of us. Amen. Well, thank you, Lori, and everyone who read, all those who are listening. And uh, 
everyone else. <laughs> and so <clears throat> we're here at the top of the hour, so turn ask ask everyone to give their attention to Fran as she leads us in you know whatever parts of this idea that she wants to bring forth about what is creation and the lesson for the day. So over to you, Fran. Thank you. Um, All right. Well, since we already read creation, I'll just read two little parts that I uh, zeroed in on. Creation. What is creation? Creation is the sum of all God's thoughts, in number infinite and everywhere without all limit. Only love creates and only like itself. There was no time when all that it created was not there. Nor will there be a time when anything that it created suffers any change. God's thoughts are given all the power that their own creator has. Creation is the opposite of all illusions. For creation is the truth. Creation is the Holy Son of God. For in creation is his will complete in every aspect. We are creation. We, the sons of God. God's memory is in our holy minds. Let our function be only to let this memory return. Only to let God's will be done on earth. Only to be restored to sanity. Our Father calls to us. We hear his voice, and we forgive creation in the name of its creator, holiness itself, whose holiness his own creation shares, whose holiness is still a part of us. Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 321. Father, my freedom is in you alone. I did not understand what made me free, nor what my freedom is nor where to look to find it. Father, I have searched in vain until I heard your voice directing me. Now I will guide myself no more, for I have neither made nor understood the way to find my freedom. But I trust in you. You who endowed me with my freedom as your holy son will not be lost to me. Your voice directs me, and the way to you is opening and clear to me at last. Father, my freedom is in you alone. Father, it is my will that I return. Today we answer for the world, which will be freed along with us. How glad are we to find our freedom through the certain way our Father has established, and how sure is all the world's salvation when we learn our freedom can be found in joy alone. Lesson 321. Father, my freedom is in you alone. Five minutes.
Lesson 321. Father, my freedom is in you alone. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Fran. Well, thank you guys for reading it. That was great. Thank you, Fran. Boy, this is one transcendental lesson this morning. Totally. I love the text reading today. (laughs) That first question, I still remember the impact it had on me the first time I read it in 2006 about God God depending on on my interpretation of the world or reality. (laughs) I felt like I got slapped up the side of the head. (laughs) And the whole, um, you know, getting angry at stuff and justifying my anger and, you know, anger being um, an interpretation and not a fact. And it's like all these major ideas just slam dunked my brain into, you know, a silence that made me um, really want to um, understand how much I, how little I knew, and this um, growing in knowingness um, of the truth of that we are consciousness itself, that we are awareness capital itself, that sees everything as itself, you know, and that one interpretation, the one meaning is its own, is its own holiness, is its own love, love seeing love as itself, everything um, being love itself. And, you know, the oneness and the simplicity and the elegance of it. Um, But I could never see that through Judy's limited mind or perceiving it through her limited um, interpretations or her limited perceptions and it was only through coming to the awareness that I am not my thoughts that there is thinking thinking right-minded thinking and wrong-minded thinking and learning to discern the difference by how my thoughts led me to feel and experience the world and letting go of thinking completely that if I didn't mind stuff without any judgment, things became, as a matter of fact, meaningless to me and didn't affect me or disturb my peace, that I was peaceful, that I was awareness itself, just being aware, just being conscious of um, everything that I was thinking, everything I was perceiving, sensing, experiencing all that was changing coming and going that was temporal was in within my changeless Christ consciousness or or awareness and that is is what I think of as God knowing himself love knowing itself and it's it sounds simple but um, 
it it's it is simple. <laughs> There's no but about it. Uh, but the ego wants to make everything named and have meanings and importance and value, and it and it's you know slicing and dicing up in a hierarchy of illusory values that's described by a separate mind, a finite mind, which loses. I love the word, the word sacrifice today that speaks of um, the loss in my ability to know myself, for love to know itself, for awareness to know that it's merely awareness itself of everything as itself. And if I'm saying these words too quickly, I am um, sorry, um, because it, it happens in slowing down. <laughs> softening and attending to it, looking inward, and then sharing it. The awareness of being peace itself. Awareness of itself being love itself. The awareness of its being joy in all its expression of itself. Just glory, all the cl- power and glory that are in the power and glory of peace and love. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. I love all your voices and knowing you through them. I am complete. Oh, man, that was resonant, Judy. Thank you very much. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Good morning, this is Sandra, and Father, my freedom is in you alone. What am I free from? My freedom from judgment, my freedom from loneliness. Those are two big ones. And uh, in the text, it was that last sentence, do not interpret out of solitude. But what you see means nothing. And what that's telling me is to not interpret without the Holy Spirit. If I'm interpreting without the Holy Spirit, I'm doing it in solitude. It's the ego that's doing it. And when I bring in my Holy Spirit, which is my higher mind, first of all, I'm no longer alone. I got Holy Spirit right there with me. And that takes a, that has my experience with that as soon as I started really incorporating the Holy Spirit into my life um, which was every time I judged that's what I was taught in this book that each time I catch myself judging I need to turn it over to the Holy Spirit and simply doing that act alone took away a lot of the loneliness for me and it also took away the judgment because I found in my experience that every time I judged a situation or a brother or sister, I felt more lonely. So I got that connection. Um, So I'm not going to interpret anything out of solitude anymore. Um, I'm just going to allow Holy Spirit to interpret everything for me 
and if I don't get an answer, I'll be patient. I will slow down, as Judy said, and trust that the answer will come. And if I'm feeling anything other than peace, I need to turn that over to the Holy Spirit and then go do something nice for myself or, you know, which could be taking a walk. You know, taking, uh, for me, taking a tablespoon of salt. Not a tablespoon, a teaspoon of salt. Because sometimes salt levels go down for me. So just being kind and loving and noticing that and just taking a, a little bit of salt can help too. Um, it's not that complicated. It's simply turning it over to my Holy Spirit, to my higher mind, and asking to be shown the truth. I'm complete. Sandra, that was a beautiful share. It was Thank lovely. you very much. Yes. Thank you, Sandra. That was beautiful. Thank you, Sandra. Good morning, it's Karen. I just said, um, what is freedom? Freedom is being free of interpreting. The new interpretation sets me free. I don't have to listen to the ego mind. And when it starts talking, I can just say, I give this to, I give this to the Holy Spirit. I give this to God. Don't know what's coming tomorrow. I don't care about the past. These feelings that I'm feeling, I offer to God. It's absolute freedom. Absolute freedom in God. So I just wanted to say thank you, God. I'm complete. Oh, I share that sentiment. Thank you. Thank you. Karen. Yeah, thank you. That. that was That's excellent. This freedom, that, um, you know, identifying with, with Christ as myself, as our one self, is the freedom, the freedom from suffering, um, the sharing the one will of God for me is, is for me to be as God created me, and that is to be peaceful and to be loving and to be joyful without change, without condition, without any need for any conditions for it, just simply to be that, capital that, um, you know, with with um, out any contingencies, the the plans and interpretations that a person, Judy, separate person, would write upon the script. I need this to happen. I need someone to be this way or do something for me, and all those I, me, and um, mine personal pronouns really just disappear from my thinking, and it and it becomes one big um, celebration of the mystery of what's going to happen. You know, it's like Krishnamurti said, I don't mind what happens. And I thought about that for a long time, and, it, and it's just, you know, completely dawning on me, the obviousness of that, that I, I the I, when he says that, I don't mind what happens, is because he has realized his Christ conscious 
one with his father and his source self. And he, he can perceive whatever he perceives as merely what's happening, and it doesn't have any effect on him because he is that changeless self as we were created to be changeless, changeless peace, unalterable, unaffected by anything outside of ourselves because everything is a thought in the mind of God. Everything is an idea in our one-mindedness. So thoughts come and go. We forget them or remember them, and they, they're like balloons, little clouds in the sky. But we're that changeless, clear, eternal sky that's indisturbable. We can't, or individable. There's nothing, nothing, no parts, um, no separation, no distinctions, no degrees. It's just one, the oneness of it, in which all appears, changes, disappears, comes and goes. And I'm at home. I'm complete. Well, thank you. Thanks for that. Thanks, Judy. Thanks, Judy. This is Jessica. I had to get off the call for a while because I have this um, leak in my kitchen that I've had for like, I don't know, a week and a half. And uh, and the dishwasher was delivered, but we can't put it in. It's all very complicated. Um, anyway, I, you know... This section is so straightforward and so clear and um, and yet the ego still tries to tell me that I'm in charge of things. You know, I'm in charge of the leak in my, in my kitchen in, and I'm in charge of um, making sure that my granddaughter gets picked up today because <laughs> the car situation is crazy. My son had to drop his car at a body shop on Monday and I had to drop my car at a body shop on Monday. And meantime, so he has my husband's car. It's all this crazy stuff like who's going to go pick up this one and who's coming home when and getting what car. And, and I keep on thinking that I want it this way. I think it should be this way. I think my nephew should stay home and go pick up the kid so we don't have to deal with that part because we have to pick up the other kid. But that's not how it worked out. And my nephew is confronting his first, you know, loss and grief of a close relative slash person. And it's painful to see. Um, And I think, you know, I got to do something about it somehow. Send him, like, a poem or an excerpt from the chorus that's going to make a difference to him, but it's not up to me. And and the ego wants me to tell me it is. And this section is very, very clear that it's not. It is not. Um, what do your scripts re- reflect except your plans for what the day should be? Yeah, that's what I'm up to. That's what I'm up to over here, creating problems for myself by thinking and thus you judge disaster and success advance retreat and gain and loss i'm sitting here judging like why do i end up having to go do this thing 
why do I think that I shouldn't have to go do it? Why do I think it's better for me to not do it? You know, well, I have a friend coming over to visit me to bring me food because I broke my foot, and I'm going to have to cut the visit short to go pick up the kids. Well, how do I know that isn't the best outcome for everybody? Because my friend might want to be won't be glad that she can go home to where she lives 45 minutes away. Like, I don't know what's best, but I keep thinking I do. And I'm in a storm of that, and this, this section is perfect for me, but it's very hard to accept. I'm complete. <laughs> and that's what I'm up to over here. Jessica, I just love that share. I just loved it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Jessica. Very much. <laughs> yeah. How many times? Did you one, I think we should add that once we do accept it, though, it makes it a lot easier. <laughs> it's hard not to accept it. That's what makes it hard when we don't accept it. <laughs> All I heard was... was Thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, and I thought, well, <laughs> yeah. Stop. Be quiet. Be still. Let the Christ in you be very still, and be aware of everything in the totality of your awareness, and you will find gratitude and peace in that. God bless you, Jessica. <laughs> All that you have to be thankful for. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Thank you, Jessica. I loved your share. I really did. It really is the brass tacks of life, you know, to keep surrendering moment by moment what we think, what, what our ego minds are telling us, the way things should be, and just release to the unknown because God has a plan. You know, my freedom lies in God. And it's like free thought, free form. It's the unknown, trusting him. Thank you again. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, you know, what, what, part of what's bothering me and what I'm thinking about is that I want my nephew to understand the things that I'm not accepting myself after studying the course for all these years. You know, it's like I'm pushing away the truth, and I want to figure out how to give, you know, share the truth with him. Well, hello, lady. Take take it up, take it in yourself first. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, go go ahead and take my advice. I'm not using it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's right. Patricia here, you guys have pulled me into this conversation with the way I love language and studying the use of words related to this eternal self we're wiring our brains to use. And so in that interpretation, you've highlighted, especially this last share, was this every time we use the word freedom and we're looking for what is constant. So the theme this morning has been, you know, what is constant in all these meanings and stories. So I ask, what is constant with the use of the word freedom? And here's what I got. 
was that whenever you say freedom from, that search never ends. Whenever you say freedom from, freedom. When you say freedom for, switch it, my dear. Allow the brain to say, I want freedom from this anger. Allow that. And then the constant ask, freedom for this anger. Tell me, Lord, tell me the constant freedom for. And every time we hear freedom from or want to say it, pray it. Allow freedom for the pain. Freedom for that judgment just made. Freedom. Freedom for the suffering. Mm-hmm. A little older and slower I walk. And when the pain is there, the Lord says, Freedom for this one, honey. Step into my slippers. Make every step, step into my shoes. Let me soften freedom for painful ankle you have there, my dear. Freedom for. Thank you. So nice. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you all for sharing. I this word freedom is used in lots of different contexts. Um. I remember that the freedom rises. Um, I hear expressions uh, across this world of people um, wanting to be free. But the freedom he talks about here for me is the ultimate freedom. Um, And it starts off the lesson by saying I didn't understand what made me free nor what my freedom is, nor where to look to find it. That's an understatement to me because for me, freedom has always been associated with the body or freeing me from 
addiction, uh, freeing me from judgments that I've made about myself and others. Financial freedom. Freedom has always seemed to come from outside of me. Something that I didn't have direct control over. I didn't use God to uh, help me achieve freedom. Not in the way he talks about in this lesson. But if my freedom is in God alone, That's real freedom. Doesn't mean that I'm free to behave in any way I want. It has nothing to do with behavior. It has nothing to do with the body. It has all to do with my mind. My thoughts. The whole theme running through these lessons is about recognizing my mistaken choices. In this lesson, he's telling me that I've been wrong about thinking where my freedom was. I've been wrong in thinking that I can achieve my freedom alone through an act of Congress. What this lesson is teaching me is that I can indeed find the ultimate freedom and that I don't need to figure it out myself. I don't need to make it happen. I already have it. And all I have to do is to trust in God who endowed me with my freedom. Already have it. I have turned away from it. I never thought 
then I will be to have my freedom. But my freedom is in God alone. And where is God? God is in me. I am in God. There's no separation. There is no greater freedom than the freedom that God symbolizes for me. In the text it says, when you have learned that your will is God's, you could no more will to be without him than he should will to be without you. This is freedom. This is joy. And I just have to let go of all of the situations and the drama that surrounds me, seems to surround me, that the ego thought system will have me focus on. and focus only on what God offers me. God offers only freedom. Yeah, there's going to be drama (laughs) around me. I can use those experiences as blessings. One of our lessons says all things of lessons God would have me learn. One of those lessons is that I'm free in God alone. I'm complete. Wow, that was great. Thank you so much. Love it. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. And um, very quickly, um, this first line in the lesson I did not understand what made me free, nor what, nor what my freedom is, nor where to look to find it. The, the limited separate mind, mind, and I referred to this earlier in one of my shares, the Course distinguishes mind from awareness or consciousness of the mind. I am aware of my thoughts, but the separate mind... Um, is thinks that it's a something or something else or other than God, which is everything. So it, the mind, the wrong-mindedness, thinks in separation, and the right-mindedness, in in beginning to come to the Holy Spirit, 
to ask for its interpretation, learns that all, all interpretation is unnecessary, that it's all God, it's all love, it's all one thing. So that the need for interpretation, the need for perception, completely disappears. <clears throat> In that understanding, I did not understand what made me free because I was using an instrument of separation, a body-mind. All thoughts are limit a limit of the totality because they're separate and apart from totality, which is symbolless. There's no symbol for it. There's no word for it. We use the concession of language and call it totality, but the word totality doesn't encompass it. You know, all these words are just concessions pointing to the stillness and the awareness that we can experience and do experience all day, every day. But when we superimpose thinking upon it, right-minded thinking or wrong-minded thinking, we're taken away from our still conscious awareness, awareness of itself, capital itself. So freedom, freedom is, it's, it's, to me, means freedom from believing in my thinking mind. You know, that my thinking mind is limited and doesn't know what is immeasurable, boundless, without definition, without description or definition. It can't, my limited mind can't, can't know it. And that's what the Course teaches us, that the ego or the thinking mind cannot know God or spirit because it's limited by its mere limitation. And it speaks of this, you know, limitless self. The Son of God, Christ consciousness, is limitless, is boundless. It, it is totally free of limits and boundaries. It is everywhere in everything, as everything is in itself. It's, it's, it's everything we perceive and experience is a manifestation of it. And the freedom, the, to recognize the freedom to be anything you want to be. If you want to be pissed off or, you know, have the WTF, you know, a, a full a day, a day full of WTFs or, or a day of counting blessings, you know, that's the lessons that we're here, the curriculum is the world's purpose to teach us that everything points back to us within ourself, the one self that we are, that is love all-encompassing, everything, including the fear, including the suffering. And that's what heals, that will heal, and it make it disappear. So to stand in home, at home in heaven, and in the one-mindedness of God is where my freedom lies. My Father, my freedom is in you alone. Amen. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. WTF, huh? As my friend Cliff says, I can. I have two responses to the universe: "fuck you" or "thank you," and that's why I said WTF. <laughs> my girlfriend called me this morning with a bunch of WTFs 
from yesterday and and couldn't sleep all night. And she said, I need to talk to you this morning first thing. And, uh, you know, it, it's the two responses, responses we have. You know, wanting something to be different is saying WTF. And, um, you know, just thanking God for how he created us to be changeless awareness of everything and not to limit limit our awareness to one thing or two things or even ten things or a hundred things that we want to be different, not to slice and dice up the totality of the awareness of who we are in truth. I just... I'm so in love with the Course in Miracles. It brings me so much joy and peace. Thank you. And I'll I'll I'll, I'll be quiet now. <laughs> My cup runneth over. Thanks, Judy. Thank you, Judy. Oh, good morning, everyone. Judy. This is Lori. Go ahead, Lori. Oh, were you were you going to? Uh, I just point? I will. I I just want to I just want to throw one thing in there that uh, WTF instead of <clears throat> you know what the fuck it could be where's the freedom because <laughs> those WTF <laughs> or what's to moments, Yeah, there we go. That is uh, the WTF moments. Uh, are a reminder that um, <laughs> that uh, we've lost the thread. You know that the will is our will is 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 out of alignment if we're resisting what is. Anyway, go ahead, Lori. Oh, thanks, Lemoyne. That was great. Um, and I, I wondered. Um, I wonder if anyone else noticed something a little bit different about today's lesson. It, maybe it's just me, but um, today's lesson to me felt like an offering uh, to my father, not a request or or a guidance or a, a hold me or protect me or embrace me or give me something or or um or anything like a lot of our a lot of our prayers it definitely felt like an offering and and so uh in response to that when i was um you know getting my days set um i asked i asked what what is here what what's here what what's here it's different what is here 
and instantly, you know, you know, you know, you're talking to the Holy Spirit because the answer comes so quickly, more than it could in your own thoughts, you know. And, and the answer that came so quickly was devotion. And when I set that word devotion before me in today's lesson, Father, my freedom is in you alone. It felt like a gift. It felt like I am giving my father a gift. And um, and that's what made it different today for me. I'm giving my father a gift. And and when I when I look at them, you know, devotion and, and so I'm I'm picking the threads, devotion and give and and I, okay, what's to you know what giving? And um I put it in the search box, you know, and co-creating clarity dot org. And and did you know that the word give? I mean, not forgive, but give, gift, giving. You know, derivatives of give. Not not the word forgive, but give. Uh, show up two thousand eight hundred and sixty-four times. That's a lot of times. That's more than the word purpose or uh, goal or. That's more than the word God shows up in the Course of Miracles. Give. I thought, boy, there's something important about this. So I'm offering my Father a gift. And my gift is my devotion. What what's, what else is to know here? And as I sat, Harrison, I was so happy to hear you say the word trust. As I sat with it all, I thought, you know, what is my gift but devotion and trust and attention? That's all. Father, my freedom is in you alone. And of course, the word freedom conjures a lot of things too, you know. You mean I can stay up as late as I want? <laughs> That's what I thought it was when I was little. I can stay up past my bedtime. Um, now, um, Freedom is, and Karen, I was really happy to hear you say freedom from judgment. Isn't that just how he says it in paragraph 85? You see, you do not have to judge. You do not have to judge. To me, that's that's the gift of the last judgment. You know, when you accept the atonement, when I accepted atonement for myself, there was that uh, miracle of um, either or both my mind entered God's or God's entered mine simultaneously. And the notion uh, that I am known as a being by my Father, that I am more than accepted, I am uh, embraced and loved by my father that everything is absolutely perfect as it always was it needs nothing added nothing taken away that our relationships to God and each other and creation are holy all of that came like in one fell swoop and, and to me, that's accepting atonement for myself. Does that uh, end everything? No, that's the beginning of knowing. 
that's just the beginning of knowing. But the gift of the atonement to me is you do not have to judge. There's nothing worthy of judgment. And this section, the new interpretation, um, the real invitation of it to me is if I give my father my devotion and myself and myself he exchanges my tiny gift for everything and the biggest um, one of the biggest consequences of that giving is the recognition that uh, I need do nothing you know that all that doing and doing and doing and efforting and striving and comparing and contrasting and efforting and all of that is just gone, you know. Um, <laughs> does that mean I don't have a day when I get up and feel like I have to effort? Heck no. Heck no. But the beauty of it is... Um, if I give, if I give myself my attention to holiness, holiness gives me everything in return and I'm relieved, I'm relieved, relieved of the need to decide, to judge, to effort, to strive. I'm relieved of all that. That's freedom. And everything, as you pointed out, Harris, everything is given me in return. Everything. Now, what does that mean? Now, I know what he's talking about in paragraph 87. He's given me everything. I no longer have lost the ability to see relationships among events. I have meaning in my life. There's meaning here. All the meanings that I gave everything, like he talks about lessons 1 through 28, all those meanings that I gave everything are dissolved. And the real meaning, the real relationships between events are given me a return. Moment by moment, moment by moment you know you can put an umbrella on it I do I do I put an umbrella on it and say this is holy how can I move my mind to see the holiness this means love where does my mind need to release something that I can see that there is a theme that runs through creation what is it father I'll give you my attention and you reveal that to me and when you do I'll understand what you're asking what to do where to go what to say how to say it that's revealed that sort of thing is revealed um, as I pay attention you know he, he says Love, or he says, vision or judgment are your choices, but you can't have both.
Now, I'm not going to claim that I see everything with Christ's vision, but I am going to say with certainty that that's possible, and I've experienced that, and I know what that means. And that's the invitation of every moment when I give my attention. As he says, Father, Father, my freedom is in you alone. <laughs> um, the release is phenomenal. And um, and what, what do I need to do uh, but to um, give my attention? The three words for today then to me are give, devotion, and trust. And as a consequence of that, I get everything. Everything is given me. There's, there is an umbrella that I can put over everything. There is an umbrella that gives one meaning to everything. There is a common thread that runs through creation. And when I lose the idea that it's possible to be hostage to the ego, I'll know I am host to God. That's everything. So um, it was just a really lovely meditation today. And I really enjoyed everything I heard. And... uh, feel really resonant with everybody here today. I'm complete. Thank you so much for that. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Well, good morning. This is Lemoyne, and uh, I, I have to say I was a little bit surprised, although it's kind of obvious, why the focus on freedom when it's central to the lesson. And, uh, you know, I had thought that perhaps, you know, the focus of discussion might be on interpretation or even better purpose and yet this is this because the section talks the reading talks about purpose but it doesn't really name it so you know though I was a little bit surprised I see it very clearly that this freedom is is you know one way to speak of the purpose the, the unified purpose which gives things one meaning. And, you know, it's sometimes it's perhaps subtle, but it's always struck me um, about the Course that there's this theme of aligning the will to the will of God. And that seems like, you know, for me that was always a little bit fearful, like, what if I do it wrong? Then I'm willing... I'm willing and correct me, and how can I know what is infinite and ultimate? And uh, then here in what is creation is is you know really the the best 
one-word description of the purpose and how and the will the purpose of creation is love creating like itself creation is the sum of all God's thoughts which is each of us, all of us, and more in number infinite and everywhere with all limit, without all limit. <clears throat> only love creates and only like itself. So there is the equivalence between love, God's thoughts, and creation. And God's thoughts are given all the power their own creator has. For he would add to love by its extension. And I think this is the thing that gets missed in a focus. Most, not this discussion, not this discussion. You, y'all are, y'all seem to be very much on track. But the many discussions of freedom, it's, uh, it's very individualized. But the next sentence here says, Thus his son, which is each and all of us, shares in creation and must therefore share in power to create. That This is a point made explicitly in A Course of Love. Of our power is a shared power. This is alignment of the will releases. It, you know, it's the most complete feeling of release that I know I've ever had is the feeling of aligning the will to only extend love. That that is aligning with what God has willed to be forever one. He would add to love by his extension could be re- could be read or easily read that for he for God's will God wills only to add to love by its extension and that this is the alignment of the will that releases us to a freedom to create it's like it with that attitude and aspect it's like there is no problem being corrected because then I know my will is more closely aligned. And there's no fear of doing harm in the extension only of love. So that it just, it's like the fear and <clears throat> can fall away and uh, this is the way that the miracle can always be called on. As uh, so, even though we we seem to be discreet and unaware of eternal unity, that oneness is still there. If it, if I can align my perception to see that. 
this is all about love creating like itself. And then difficulties that arise are just a call for healing and for help <laughs> and not not any kind of personal attack. And uh, I think this is this is the real the real release from the struggle is in this alignment to the will to be a loving thought of God creating only like God as love itself. And that is that is you know, beyond the key to salvation. That is the salvation that we can offer the world. And I'm complete there. And I think I'll end the recording. But That was all. phenomenal, Lemoyne. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank that you. was so great. Thank you, Lemoyne. That was beyond phenomenal. That was nominal. <laughs> <laughs> that was genius. <laughs> New, I agree. Numenal. <laughs> numenal. I always get mixed. You know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Ah, that's our one meaning, our one meaning, our one purpose. Um, that was beautiful, Lemoyne. And you reminded me of the text reading where it speaks of communication and the total communication of everything with itself. That's God knowing everything as itself. Um, that's heaven. That is God. That is God being one, knowing everything as Himself. That uh, you just brought me home. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. And uh, yeah, the call will continue on the recording. Thanks to everyone who shared today and <clears throat> woke me up to freedom. <laughs>